Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, I mean, there's a list of accolades. I sit down, engineer, author, uh, whiskey maker, uh, newly created, founded, co-founded uh, the, the whiskey making experience. I just made that up. I hope it's not trademarked somewhere and uh, we're going to get a tag on this. But uh, Doug Hall is kind of joined Dan and I on the show, CEO and co-founder of Brain Brew Custom Whiskey. We're going to get into a little bit of Dexter bourbon as we have a conversation. Uh, but Doug Hall, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir? Well, thank you for having me. It's it's good. It's uh, it, the, in a world that's gone wackadoodle. Um, it's good to just take a moment, chill, and uh, talk bourbon. I couldn't couldn't agree more with you. The only thing better than talking bourbon is drinking it while you're Absolutely. talking it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and and I I did take the liberty. Uh, you know, uh, I I always say Dan and I are not professionals at anything, but I do like to have a little bit of. I, I like to get enough information to be dangerous. Maybe misquote some people. Maybe steer some folks down the wrong direction. And then we've got the source itself sitting in front of us. So before we get started and get into Dexter and some of the cool things you're doing at Brain Brew, you want to give us the uh, give us the Doug Hall story. But, but we don't want to get too loaded, so don't get us all the story. Um, well, I mean, I'm just, uh, I, I've been around a while, and uh, since I was a kid, I always liked the idea of inventing. So I got into inventing, got a chemistry degree, went to Procter & Gamble, where I led their invention team and did a lot of crazy stuff. And then I retired and created a place called the Eureka Ranch. And where we do inventing for everybody from Nike to Disney to American Express to Diageo to the McAllen, the most expensive whiskey in the world. And I kind of like whiskey, so I've done a lot of whiskey over the years. And uh, um, and then a few years ago, I said, hey, you know, I got an idea. 70% of the flavor of whiskey comes from the wood. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see, I got... I studied pulp and paper. That's kind of the same thing, only backwards. You use heat to take the lignans out to make the paper. With whiskey, it heats and cools. The lignans go into the whiskey, setting off the chemical reaction. I said, huh, I wonder if I can figure out a way to do that. And so, lo and behold, uh, 3,000 experiments later, I can be compulsive. I think it's right to say. Maybe I'm not that bright, but eventually I figured it out. And with Joe Gergash, we started a company, and... We went back to Edrington that makes the Macallan, the most expensive whiskey, and said, hey, what do you think? You want to do a bourbon? And we made a product called Noble Oak that's available across the country, and uh, it took off. And we said, hey, this is fun. Let's do some more. And this was born Dexter, and then was born Custom Bourbon Experiences. And I'm right now I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, at uh, Barrels and Billets that just opened yesterday. Wow, that's and, awesome. Uh, where everybody, it's like having your own personal single barrel by the bottom, you know? And uh, that's what we're doing. Having fun. I, I'm going to infringe on some things, but, uh, you know, take it, take it, uh, the greatest of I mean, it's, I live in Atlanta, and if you've ever been to, I, I haven't been yet, um, through barrels and bills, but imagining, imagining is kind of like the Coca-Cola experience. You go in, you've got the barrels, you can kind of mix here, mix there, uh, and, and create your own flavor profile, right? If, if, if you will, is that, is that the kind of what's happening? Yeah. It, so, so the, the deal is in the 1800s, all whiskey was customized. Okay. Uh, farmers, there were no distilleries. It was all farmers, and the farmers would sell their barrels to barrel blenders. And, and right there, that's Whiskey Row in Louisville, by the way. We're right on it. That's Michener's across the street. You can yeah. see. Yeah, see, it's a, it's a live-action show here. So you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, on this street, there were, you know, dozens of barrel blenders who would buy from the farmers. You'd go in with your clay jug, and you'd make your own bourbon, and then they'd put it in barrels and sell it. Of course, in Scotland, there was a grocer called John Walker who did pretty good with that, um, with the created Johnny Walker. Indeed. Um, and so it's kind of a modern version of that. So 70% of the flavor comes from the wood. So we would craft finish. 
a 21% rye with great oaks, American oak, European oak, and 200-year oak, and then with artisan, cherrywood, maplewood, and smoked. And we take you through an experience where you learn enough history to make it feel like you've done something, but not enough, not enough to bore you. And with these special ladles we've got, which is similar to what Bob DiGiorno taught me on McAllen, we take you through the experience and teach you how to craft your bourbon. Um, and then you can get your bottle and you can leave right with it. Or if you don't want to take the time to do that, and you're into high tech, we have an artificial intelligence app called the Bourbon Wizard. We answer 13 questions and it creates your recipe. We click a button and we can serve you a, cocktail, a drink of it. You can get it neat or in a cocktail. And then again, you can order your own bourbon. Hmm. So it's like build a bear for adults, basically. <laughs> I love it. Cal, did we lose you? We might have lost him. He's definitely frozen over there. But um, so well, that's amazing that place that you got there. How long is it just just opening today? Is what you said? So this is the, it just opened yesterday. So this is the first one. We've been doing it in Cincinnati. We're located in Cincinnati, just up the river from from here, obviously. And uh, we've been doing it there. We opened it a couple months before COVID. And then you can imagine, you know, that world went to crap. Um, and so then we decided that it was so much fun and people liked it. And so we talked to the Hillrich family of Hillrich and Bradsby, the baseball, the Louisville Slogger people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got excited. And so we're in the corner of a baseball bat <laughs> museum and factory uh, right on the corner of 8th and Main. And, uh, so this is the first, and then our goal is to take these across the country to breweries, wineries, and distilleries, because for, you know, five or ten cents on the dollar compared to what it would normally cost, they can be up and running with this attraction for people where, that enables everybody to have their own bourbon. Um, and it's just a ton of fun. And it, it's, it's, it's an addition. It's not in substitute for others. It's, it's something cool to do, um, and people love it. Wow, that is amazing. So where, where are you guys expanding to next? Don't know. I mean, we're going to open it up. This got delayed because of all the COVID craziness, but we're, we're, we've got people all across the country who've asked from Alaska up to Maine to Florida who, who've asked us for it. And we're, we're going to um, take it a step at a time with those that we think that can add value to it because we're brand new at this. And, you know, people to become part of the process to help us make it better. And sometimes it'll go inside existing distilleries and it will be under their name. So it's, it's so it so the sign out front here says barrels and billets, a woodcraft bourbon blender. Mm-hmm. So we're just the woodcraft thing in the bottom. So mm-hmm. It's kind of a soft, soft brand franchise. So um, it's a way for people to get into the business and to open up new profit streams from their tasting room. But our goal is to do a hundred dollars a person. Um, and that's really good money for a tasting room. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's just it's just it's just part of this whole bourbon thing, and it's a community of bringing it together. We were real nice, Evan Williams. They were here for the opening yesterday. The Missioners folks came over. I mean, I mean, the whole community. Peerless was here. I mean, you know, it's a whole screen of these things down here, and and they were here. Missioners sent a beautiful bouquet, and 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 the nice thing about the bourbon world is. Uh, most of the folks here are really good about working together and supporting one another. So um, it's a, it's a great community here. So that's, we're, that's one thing we found. So we've been doing this podcast for like three, three plus years now, and we do a lot on the golf side and on the bourbon side. Right. And sure. coming in, like, you know, outside looking in, you, you, you wonder how the communities are. And both on the golf and on the bourbon side, we couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better community of people that are just trying to grow the brand, grow the game, that kind of thing. And, uh, and just, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's fun to be able to experience that because like you, like you said, I mean, you, you, I wouldn't have thought they would have come to your opening day yesterday, you know, but the, 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 there they are. Right. Yeah. I mean, it grows the whole thing. I mean, here's the crazy number. This is a crazy number. Now, Kentucky's probably different because, I mean, when you're born as a baby, they put it on your lips. <laughs> it's a different thing. But if you go across the U.S., because, I mean, you know, I work with big companies. I've done that. I've done the big companies and I do small companies. And, you know, I'm just I just am a little bourbon maker. And uh, only 20 percent of Americans drink whiskey each year. 20%. Really? Well, heck, we got to do something about that. Yeah. Now, imagine the shortages if we got 25% doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So part of what we do is because of the way we do it, I mean, this is very friendly and very easygoing. And people are scared when they come in. They're like, I don't know if I can do this. We've gone to ridiculous lengths to figure out ways to do this. I mean, I've had the good blessing of my life to work with the Disney Imagineers and with, with some amazing people who've taught me an awful lot. So we took that school to make it easy. So if you're into bourbon, you're going to tend to take the great oaks. Yeah. And, and use the cherry and maple as a spice. Yeah. But if you're new to bourbon, yeah. those cherry and maple are real soft and easy. Mm. And you put a little bit of spice together. So suddenly, people can find a bourbon that commercially you might not be able to make a market for it. Yeah. But they can find one that really works for their taste. There's a famous chef, John Robert in Cincinnati, who has a love-hate relationship with it. He had the cherry wood, and it blew his brains out. He was like, this is amazing. This is the whiskey I've always wanted to have. And so he's got like 40% cherry, and then he's got some other maple and different things in it. Um, and so we're opening it up to new customers who will then become customers for Michners and for the others. So a rising tide floats all boats. And, and uh, we got to understand that there's still big vodka out there. We got to do something about that. There's all that beer still, and there's all that wine. And we, we got to show people why when you have alcoholic, and we don't want you to overindose, right. but when you're going to have alcohol, you should really have bourbon. Let's, let's face it, folks. Bourbon is, you know, beer isn't the official alcohol of america bourbon is so get over yourselves exactly so, so i don't know i don't know if i made it back on or not i'm, I'm trying to get reconnected here hopefully if, if not, we, were, we were trying to keep least... you out we were trying to keep you out we were having a really good really good chat it was more informative we actually got right rave reviews cal on the chat we just had <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the bourbon. So, uh, well, I, I didn't mind because I was sipping as I was uh, multitasking, you know, one with one hand, one with the other. And so, uh, so if I can, let's talk a little bit about Dexter. And, and I want to get in the, in the weeds a little bit. I'm going to get, probably get a little nerdy on you. Uh, I don't think you'll mind. But uh, uh, so, so what we're sipping on, I don't even know if you can see my camera, but, uh, but we're sipping on, uh, on the Dexter, which is, yeah. I'm, I'm going to call it your recent release of uh, a premium wine. Uh, it's, so Dexter was one of those barrel blenders I t spoke about. Um, in Cincinnati, there were 109 of them. 85% um, of the whiskey came from this area at the time. And Edmund Dexter, Charles Dickens, and King Edward came and visited him. He was the big dog. So that's what we named it after, which was a barrel blender like what we are. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, I, so the nose, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of the traditional uh, bourbon flavors that you would get, you know, getting the kind of charred oak, the vanilla. Uh, there's some bitterness coming in from uh, like a cocoa powder kind of stuff. And, and just, but the, um, the mouthfeel on this is uh, I think we're probably drinking it's straight whiskey. So two plus years, I'm sure there's uh, older, uh, but nothing younger. And uh, a really nice product. Uh, I mean, this is, I can definitely go to and sip this thing for, or uh, uh, longer than would be needed on the show. So, so nice work in uh, not your first release, but well, your first release of Dexter, but not your first uh, first whiskey release. Yeah, I want to talk. Yes. About, I'm going to talk a little. Yeah, if you can, I, I want to get into so 200 year oak, maple yeah. wood, and cherry wood, and you talked about it a little bit. But you know, what was that? And so you created quite a few things in your career. How'd you get to those three and, and what kind of led you down the road of you're going to go with, uh, with a, with a finished uh, product? Um, well, 70% of the flavor comes from the wood. Okay. So you can spend a lot of time screwing around with mash bills and you can spend a lot of time messing with your still, but if you, but where's the value delivered, the values delivered in the wood and managing that wood relationship and, and working with it. And so for me, who wanted to create new tastes and new flavors, the minute I started to play with these, and we found the 200-year wood, which was old barns that had gone down, and we reclaimed the wood, cleaned it up. We had to test it. It's actually cleaner than today's American oak because there were less pollutants when those things were doing. And given that Dexter was in the 1800s, we wanted to put the 200-year in here because that's a testimony to what he 
the kind of wood he was using, and, and I've, I've been blessed in my life to be able to taste whiskeys from 1910, 1915. Ken Greer of McAllen had me taste some stuff that just was like, ching. And it had the same character that that wood has. It was from the wood that the taste came from. And then Dexter was also, a, he was into the arts. His son raised the money for music hall in Cincinnati. And I thought, when Charles Dickens came to visit with him on 4th Street in Cincinnati, what might he have served him? And it wouldn't have been just a plain thing. It would have been something special. And so the cherry wood gives a brightness. The maple wood gives a smoothness to it. And then the 200-year the, the oak gives it that long finish to it. And I was like, this is the kind of artistry that Dexter might have done that was worthy of Dexter. In fact, in, in Ultimate Spirits, when they named it one of the 12 best bourbons in the world, I'm like, well, that's a Dexter product, man. She was the dude, you know? <laughs> and in fact, we had the product before we had the name, and, you know? And because, it, because and when the product did so well, I said, I know what this has got to be. And the thing is tearing it up in Kentucky. I mean, this is how crazy this is. Mm. In Kentucky, you know, you got Costco everywhere. Yeah. And you know, Costco, they have like the token craft brand and then they have the big jugs of mm -hmm. all the big brands. Yep. That's what people go there for, right? which is cool. I get that. <laughs> so they had us and a bunch of other bourbons they were looking at, and they picked us from Cincinnati to be the craft bourbon for Costco in Kentucky. Wow. Kentucky. <laughs> How cool is that? You know? <laughs> and, and the state has been incredible to us. People have been from the bourbon groups. They've been really good about if you make a great product, they respect you. You know? and, yeah. And I, I do, do you release? I, I don't know. And the, the answer may be no, and we're moving on. Um, do, <laughs> so you're a whiskey maker, not a distillery. Uh, right. that, I think I think that one is uh, that that one is well known. Do you release where uh, where the product comes comes from, or or? Um, well, we've got a number of places we do it. That product's mostly MGP. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, it has to be, it has to be all MGP because it has to be the same mash bill because we do the different woods to it in order to still be called a bourbon. It has to be the same. So, but, but that is an MGP 21, a 36% rye. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's damn good. Um, so it's a couple things, right? So you went with, uh, we're at a hundred and uh, 100.6 proof on this one. And, uh, I mean, was there, I mean, were you looking to get to a certain proof point on this or did it, this is just where it came out and, and you're like, yep, that's it. Um, well, we can do different ones. Um, I can get seriously geeky on you. So the proof that you do when you do the finishing with the wood, as you take the proof up, you get a whole different finish to it. And so, um, so you got to think about what you're trying to do. And in the case of this, um, my great grandmother came from Thurston, Scotland, and I'm damn cheap. Okay. And, and I understand that people like to spend a lot of money for bourbon. I don't. And so <laughs> my goal for this was to make this, you know, I wanted it to be under 50 bucks and it's like $49. Right. Okay. And, and our, some of our other stuff's 35, Noble Oaks 35. And those are super premium and ultra premium. And I wanted to be in the ultra premium, but I wanted to keep it under 50 because I wanted ordinary people to be able to buy it. I, and I didn't want to send it way up in the price point. I wanted to keep it there. And because, you know, um, I, don't know I, I think that's a lot of money to pay for a bourbon. And I don't think I don't buy many. I mean, people give them to me, but I don't like to spend more than 50 bucks for, you know, for a sipping product. And I don't use it for cocktails. And there's people I know, there's people that do, and they've got more money than cents, and they do that. But, you know, I mean, it's got a little brother paddle wheel that's $35 that I use for cocktails. It still has a 200 year, but it's 45% alcohol and 21% rye instead of 36%. And, you know, the goal was to get how can I give the most value? The distributors, when I show it to them, they go, this is a $75 product. I go, great. They said, so it's 75? I said, no, it's 49. You know, well, why aren't you selling it for 75? And I said, because my granddad taught me when he would sell, John Hall would sell corn, you know, he would give you, a, not a baker's dozen, but you'd get 14 ears for the price of 12. Because he says, you never know, there could be some bugs in them or 
And that's why John Hall sold out. So we try to give you more for your money. Our 35 is a $50 product at 35. Our 50 is a $75 product at 50. And people have responded to, you know, doing a, instead of pricing it as high as you can, you price it so they're getting a good value. It's amazing that you're talking about that. I remember I come from more of the wine background before we came into this type of stuff. And same type of thing happens, right? Where you got some of these wineries and they, they get more boutique-ish and they're trying to, to, to gouge, if you will, or whatnot. And just to hear you talk about how you're trying to represent value in this product, even though you know it goes, you could go for 75 and you're charging 50. I mean, it's, 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 it's fun to hear because I would say you're talking about 20% of the people use it, like, actually drink bourbon. And a lot of times what get the headlines, you know, in terms of the media and everything else is just the, how expensive things have gotten in this space. Right. And to hear you say that, and it's, it's it, and the product is phenomenal. Uh, that's fun to hear because it makes it accessible to the, to the person, to people, and they're getting a quality product at a value for 100%. Well, and here's a, here's a quick way to test it. Mm -hmm. So right here, uh, barrels, and I can give you a tour at some point. I'll just walk you around the place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, the, um, so we do my old fashioned, my way. Okay. And again, we're based on the 1800s and in 1862, as you probably know, professor Jerry Thomas wrote the first book on cocktails. Bill DeGroff talks about him and everything. He's the first time that we went from punches to individual cocktails that could be made in a bar. He created it. And he has the old fashioned in it, of course, all the classic recipes are in the book. Um, and we even offer it here. You can get the book, it's a reprint. But, um, and back then, an old fashioned was made with one teaspoon of simple syrup. Hmm. Okay? Today, I challenge you to go to five bars and ask for an old fashioned and not get a half ounce, or, which is three teaspoons, or six, which is an ounce. Wow. And I'm why very very selective where I order an old fashioned because usually they're not worth a shit. It, it's like it's like it's like I didn't order sweet tea. I ordered an old fashioned. I want to taste that's this. right. That's right. So so what we do is we also do some. We actually do vapor infusion with only botanicals, um, where we hang it and 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 do it. We have a, an 1862 bitters, but um, the minute you use cheap bourbon, you got to do a half ounce. Yeah. When you drink it, you get that speed bump, you know? And so both Dexter both um, Dexter and Paddle Wheel, you can do a teaspoon. And people are like shocked. They said, well, geez, I've never had an old-fashioned like this. I said, well, that's because you got to have good bourbon. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and so, you know, because over 50% of bourbon is drank mixed. And I know the purists don't like that. But that's the reality. How much? How much and did you say? I, 50%, 52%. Holy cow, really? Wow. 10% is neat, and the rest is with ice. Wow. Okay? Mm. And that's real numbers. That's from a national survey, and it's real numbers. And so that's the reality of the people. Now, there's a lot of Jack and Coke in there. So just sort of, you know, mm -hmm. to be clear, Beam and Coke and that kind of stuff is done. But so we do cocktail flights, 18, all cocktails from the 1800s. I love it. We've got Dick, Charles Dickens did a famous Dickens smash that we do. We do a, a daisy, whiskey daisy, and then we do a riff on a bourbon milk punch, or, or making it more tiki. And, and people come in, and then they love those, and they go, oh, okay, which one's that? Oh, that's a smoked bourbon? Okay, I'm going to buy you a smoked bourbon. And they take the recipe card with them, and now we've made a bourbon drinker, and that's all they drink. Okay? Mm -hmm. People say, well, that's terrible. No, that's how you got to, you know, that's good. That's good. we got somebody else doing it. You know? Yeah. And so are, are you that's the way we think, is to open it up to the masses. Yeah. I mean, our custom bourbon bottle, yeah. custom label, custom mix, 45 bucks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no. Are you a fan of a whiskey sour? Yeah, I, I do. The Dick, Dick Charles Dickens did it, and then he wrote Washington Irving. And the interesting thing he did with with the recipe was instead of it being lemon and and sweet, it's half orange juice and half lemon juice. So if you do a classic two one one, it's a half ounce of lemon, half ounce of orange. Fresh squeezed, obviously. A tea, uh, an ounce of simple syrup and two ounces of whiskey. Um, if you do it that way, I, I tend to do a half ounce of simple syrup because I just like it drier. Um, but if you make it with some orange in it, um, it really richens it up and it doesn't have kind of that puckered face to it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what about a fizz? Are you a fizz guy? I, I'm not really. I, I'm not a okay. big fan of them. I'm, I'm I'm just. It's not my. It's just. I, I just. It's not me. So the egg white's not for you. Yeah, that's just not my yeah. taste. No, I've got guys guys that work for me that love them. So you know, and again, that's we're about and not or. Everybody should have what they like. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the, the way you like it, the way you like to drink it, right? I mean, that's uh, that, that that's where it should it it sh- it is for me, and the way that it should be. And there's different times and different moments and different places for everything. Yeah. Um, the moment so, when a Sazerac is like the thing you got to have, you know, yeah. and it's it's perfect, you know. And then there's other times. This this whiskey Daisy, which is one of his old recipes, um, it's pretty cool. It's got. You know, almond syrup that's normally in tiki drinks, um, which he was using back in 1862, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and it's got some pineapple in it. You know, I mean, it's it's a fun drink, you know. And you know, as eventually when all this bad weather gets out of here and it starts to become warmer, it's going to be the perfect drink to have outside. So and right now it's a drink to make you think like it's, it's nice outside. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, kind kind of put you put you in the mood. So when it came to so there are um, so the the finished product, uh, and, and you're doing a little bit of a different finish than what people would most think about finished bourbon or whiskey. Uh, you, you know, or, well, I don't know. Let me ask that question. Are you so when it comes with the so with the Dexter, two hundred year oak, the maple wood, the cherry wood. Are you infusing or, or like, are you putting the staves inside of the barrel or I, I don't imagine you're going, I mean, a 200 year old barrel at this point, I can't imagine holds up very well or has much life expectancy in it to flavor. Uh, and if, if I missed it, missed it and you talked about it, but how are you getting the wood flavor into yeah, the barrel? Yeah. So you can't make a barrel out of cherry wood. The trees grow so crooked. You don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. You can't make it out of maple wood, and no, you can't make it out of 200 year. The big thing that we do is 100% air dried. So okay. if you want to get geeky, you know, Please. taste air dried barrels, which only the big guys have now because of the boom in bourbon versus kiln dried. I mean, I just had somebody sent me some five year bourbon that had been in kiln dried barrels. You'd think it was a six months. Hmm. Oh, really? I mean, it just it, it had developed. Now, it didn't help. Well, it may not be the brightest in the world. Okay? I'm not going to say any names because he has a nice air-conditioned place where he keeps his barrels. And I'm like going, dude, what are you doing? No, no expanding, no contracting, no it's breathing. Like, it's, the like, it's like you put them in suspended animation. What do you want to do? You know, take them to Mars or something? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Space bourbon. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the way my internet's working right now. Just I would agree with it's just, that. It's just not moving. It's not, not moving, moving at, at all. all. We actually can see you moving a little bit, Cal, which is better. So that's good. So it's crazy. But so we use only air dried. I mean, if you looked outside the distillery, you'd see all of the wood and cross hatches. And it's like the rain's coming on it and the snow and it gets warm and cold and that matures the wood. And then we take that wood. And, and so our whole goal is because we're doing custom bourbon and eventually there'll be 200 places where you can walk in. There'll probably be a thousand where you can walk into a bar and say, I'd like to have my bourbon please. And, and behind the bar, they can just put it in, scan your phone and make you your own bourbon. Um, I got to make it the same. And if you come back a year from now and you want to make more, I got to make it the same. And so the challenge is we have hot summers and cold summers, bad winters and good winters, all of, and top of the rickhouse, bottom of the rickhouse. It all goes into different places. Mm-hmm. And while that's charming and it's cute for special small releases, it's a crappy way to be able to build custom whiskey for everybody everywhere to be able to have it. So what we do instead is we take the whiskey and we take the wood and we put it in and then we heat it and, and cool it, but to within a tenth of a degree, very, very high precision. Um, hmm. And so we're trying to just replicate the warming and cooling that happens. And that's it. That's it. And it's kind of simple. And you're right about the age. The age is all over the map because in the 1800s, 
nobody put ages on things. You take three barrels and one might be a five year and a two year. And, a, and, and if it works together, you put it together to do it. So what we do is, is when we get it, we'll have two or 300 barrels show up. We go and taste every single barrel. And then we put them together into lots to make them work together. And then we finish them. So what's uh, I, I may uh, I may regress a little bit on this uh, this one and hopefully you didn't talk about I, I heard you mention Cincinnati earlier mm-hmm. but so where, so are you you're buying and storing the barrels on a property of yours in Cincinnati? Um, sometimes we store them. Sometimes we have an outside way. space at the time. Yeah, gotcha. What and there's been a little bit of a boom. Uh, but I, I, I don't know the numbers. I haven't gone back, uh, even though I do like history. Uh, but I, I think at one time a lot of whiskey came out of Cincinnati versus coming out of Kentucky. And as of late, there's been a really big boom in the Ohio whiskey market. There has been. Yeah. Is, is that kind of? I mean, was it? it well, I don't know. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So, so, so the history is. In the 1800s, 85% of the whiskey actually came from the Cincinnati area. Now, it, and the reason for that was it was the sixth biggest city in America, okay, after Boston and Philadelphia and New York, et cetera. I mean, so this was the big city. I mean, you, you know, you didn't have, you know, Kentucky didn't just have a lot of people, you know, back then. Right. Um, and so that was the commercial marketplace. And so the farmers would take their whiskey to Cincinnati to go do it, which is where it came. But, but um, and so there is a heritage there. And, but interestingly, the Distillers Guild, in fact, I was just on the phone with, with a couple of the distillers this morning, in fact, as I was driving down here to Louisville. Um, th- there is a, there's some pretty, I mean, you know, we got good ones, we got bad ones, just like everybody does. But there's some pretty cool people doing some pretty cool stuff in, in Ohio, and frankly, all over the country. I mean, there's some neat stuff going on. But um, the guild here is real strong. We work with each other real well. Um, we have, you know, we have fights like every other family because some people think you should be this way or that way or the other. But uh, but it's it's a good group. The the guild in Ohio is is uh, really um, an active um, and and good one. We've got commercial ones who want to more make a business out of it, like. You know, we'd, I'd like to be able to make a living doing, you know, this stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, and we've got a bunch that are, you know, more, it's a, more of a hobby. And they like to make just small batches. And that's what they want to do. And they do artisan kind of stuff. And that's cool, too. You know, <clears throat> I mean, whatever floats your boat. You brought up Paul Packold a minute ago. And uh, oh. you brought his book. So you brought his book up. So I'm just wondering, and, and I wouldn't say, you know, the, you know, Paul's kind of doing, doing a different thing. Uh, but is, uh, is there a Doug Hall book coming out about, uh, about the whiskey That's experience? Good. If there's already one, I haven't seen it yet. Um, well, I've written eight books um, and, and there is a book coming out, but it's going to be on 1800s cocktails. Oh, I'm this. really, really, I'm really geeking out about, how the birth of cocktails. In fact, in Europe, they'll talk about the fact that um, the French will say the only thing Americans actually added to food was cocktails. <laughs> the snobs. But, but, you know, to me, like you've got, you've got, you know, you've got uh, um, Jerry Thomas's book, and then you've got two or three others that came out around, you know, between 1862 and, and 1900. And all of the great cocktails are basically in these books. And um, I, I, I saw a book by Employees Only out of New York, the famous bar. Yeah, we've been so, there. And they, yeah. Did, mm-hmm. they did a very, very cool, very cool book where they had the classic recipe and then they did a modern you know, oh. twist on it. They kind of refreshed it in the sure. Employees Only way. And I read that. Well, one, I love the place. I, yeah. just, I just think it's We cool. do too, and yeah. It's just a great place. And and then, um, and so I, I looked at that and I go, damn, that's cool. So I can honor the original and then do my twist on it. So like for the milk punch, I decided to take the milk punch and I added some coconut cream and some shaved chocolate on the top. Ooh, okay. Nice. So, I mean, this is like, I mean, it's like hands down, boom, you know, you know, yeah. like, well, I don't like bourbon. Okay, sir. Or okay, ma'am. 
You don't like bourbon. You'll never be able to drink it. Okay. Okay. Well, here, try this. Uh, I, I basically just gave you an alcoholic almond joy. That's right. You're good. You're good. You're good. He Starbucks you know. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what people joke. But, you know, but that's, to me, that, to me, what I like about cocktails is they bring everybody to the party. Everybody can enjoy it together. And, and you can make them, you know, you can make your old fashioned with a half ounce or an ounce if you've got a sweet tooth. Or you can make it with a teaspoon the way I think it should be properly made and, and, and enjoy that. And, that. And, and that's to me. And that's where when bourbon people start to love cocktails. And don't tell me the bourbon doesn't matter because that's the only thing that does matter is the bourbon, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. And when um, and when you get great at that, I mean, cocktails sell whiskey, you know. Yeah, I, this may this may be a little bit of a repeat. Uh, it, it, I'm going to ask it in a different way, just because I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to pull it out of it. I, I just want to like, so there, I mean, it, it seems that, uh, and I'm not talking about finished bourbon. I'm talking about barrel finished or, or whiskeys talking about barrel finishes. And there's, there's a lot of those, right? I mean, you can talk about the honeys, the uh, Madeiras, uh, Cabernet, white wine. I mean, you can just keep going down the list and everybody's experimenting with all kinds of crazy stuff now. And what are they going to finish it in next? And I think I've had a lot that were, really good i've had some that were like okay and i've had some that i'm like eh, that just didn't that, that didn't hit me right and it, it's you know maybe it's the maybe it's the barrel that it's finished in and, and i'm not in, in suggesting that you're finishing it in barrels necessarily i'm just saying that there's an influence in the liquid that's in there and what was the what was the finished product that led you to like we're going to make a finished product. It, it, it didn't start from there. It started from when the folks at McAllen, I said, how important is your Sherry Oak from Spain? Hmm. One guy said it's 70% of the flavor. Another guy said, shit, no, it's 80% of the flavor. Wow. And then when I talked to people and I realized it's the wood, stupid. <laughs> it's the wood. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, duh, the wood. So what if we became an expert on wood and we ran 3000 experiments with different woods and, and, you know, I mean, you know, makers is throwing the staves in and doing it. We happen to be heating. Well, it's the same damn thing. Right. You know, I mean, I got uh, angels envy at the other end of the street doing the same thing and whistle pig doing the same thing, you know? So, but, and, and like anything, the, the thing that's magical is with any innovation, um, there's going to be good and bad. I mean, that's the way it is. Some yeah. work and some don't. Okay? So and some people like, you know, barrel, um, what's the, the barrel uh, bourbon down here, not far from here. Yeah. I mean, they're doing some freaking amazing stuff. Amazing case. And now, you know, and if I haven't found a bourbon drinker yet, it has one bottle. <laughs> you know, it's not like we're fighting for the one bottle. You know, this is not like toilet paper. You're going to have one toilet paper in the house. Yeah. I mean, this is bourbon. Where you're going to have a collection of them, and there's different moments when you like different things. So, Doug, and don't you think that? Don't you think that's crazy, though? I mean, think about, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to drop some brands, not alcohol related, but think about, like, you've got. Well, I, I could drop multiple brands, I guess, alcohol, but you've got, you've got a, you got a Coke drinker, and you got a Pepsi drinker. Mm. And there are two clear defining lines. And mm. if you don't have one or the other, you're probably like, hey, I'll just have a tea or I'll have water or I'll, I'll go something. Whatever happened to RC Cola, Cal? Well, okay. <laughs> then, 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 then we're completely off the fucking rails here. But where, where I'm going is, it is you know, and, and I do think that you do have the same. In that you've got a, you got, uh, you got a beam and you got a jack person. And I think there are two completely different flavor profiles in each. 
even even though both bourbon. But I think once you start to get and and I don't I don't want to say experience that that sounds uh, it's probably too obnoxious. But I think once you start to kind of drink to your point, Doug, is I don't meet a lot of like bourbon drinkers that are drinking it to drink it to enjoy the experience of it. It's like I don't just have a bottle and oh I got to run to the liquor store when I run out because I just finished my bottle. It's like no I want to experience these different things just like you mentioned. You got Nictors across the street. You got Envy down, you know, at the at the end of uh, Whiskey Row. And I, I think the fun and unique thing is, is there's a lot of uh, a lot of trial and errors already happened. And you know, you uh, you know, I, uh, Dexter just released in February of 2022, I believe. No, it released last September. Last September. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so six months ago and you know, there's been a lot of experience coming up through this and it's like, okay, now how do we go and make our own experiments and deliver something that you want the profile to look like that you think that other people would enjoy? I I think it's a, a a really, uh, I think it's a cool experiment that's, um, that's working as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And see, see the other things we've got is two things. I've got thousands of people creating their own bourbon. Yeah. And I also happen to have the Eureka Ranch where I've got a bunch of geeks who can make artificial intelligence apps. And so those guys take that data stream of what people put together and they, they, they analyze it and then they come back to us and it's art and science. And so the science, the geeks come and they say, well, here's your whiskey. And then we laugh at them because we go, yeah, right. That's not going to work because they made a composite of nothingness, but they'll give us a nugget. And then what we do is, is the three of us to make them and the three of us will make them. And then we put them in blind and we all taste them and we, we pick three and then we go out and this is radical for this industry, which is, I, I just don't understand why, um, is we've run hundreds upon hundreds of paired comparison tests. So what we do is we'll take a product that's, it's not gonna be the same, but it's, it's of the character that it might be. Sure. It might yep. be Blanton's, it might be Pappy, it might be whatever it is. And we'll go out. Yes, we've even used Pappy. I have to disguise the bottles. I pour it in something else because otherwise it'll all get stolen on me. But <laughs> and then we go out and we'll do paired comparisons. We got product P and product Q. And one of them may be Pappy 15. And one of them might be Dexter or whatever it might be. Right. And we go pair to pair. And our goal is to win two to one. So we're preferred two to one against a product costing twice as much. Wow. I love this. And that's my goal. Okay, that's my goal. And so, in the end, that's you how we say twice. I missed that. Okay, uh, so, yeah, I was saying when you say twice as much, uh, that's definitely retail. You're talking, not uh, no, no, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> the retail price. Yeah. yeah, the retail price, not the inflated stupid prices. No, yeah. but in the secondary market. But you know, and I'm not happy. We've all, we've done happy like three times for some special things, but right. it was just. Other things, but generally you're going to be doing Blantons. You're going to be doing, you know, um, you know, might do Mitchners. You might do, um, you know, Angels Envy's Rye is awesome. You know, yep. we might yep. use that. But and again, we're not trying, and we don't claim it. We don't say the things we do if when we do them. But for us, because the three of us are pretty strong-willed, and we all think we're the greatest in the world. Everybody in this industry does. And then we say, okay, let's have the people that actually pay our bills make the decision. Mm-hmm. And so we'll run about paid comparisons. And the one that wins, wins. And, you know, that's how we got a product that got named one of the 12 best bourbons in the world. I mean, yeah. it's kind of as simple as that, you yeah. know? And that's how we, you know, I mean, it's stupid. A bunch of yahoos in, in Ohio to be able to do the quality of product. I mean, I've got two of the three biggest whiskey companies on earth asking me to make luxury products for them. That's stupid. <laughs> okay. And it's not because we're smarter. It's because we've got a, we're taking a systematic approach with some people that are really creative, but we've got systems and tools that help us to be able to blend and to put them together and, and to, and to figure it out, which is cool. I mean, it's just a new thing. That's all. Yeah. Can I totally derail us for a second? And uh, because, you know, I don't want to say this is a new venture, but Eureka Ranch has uh, has been established for quite some time. And and, and I think that's where not where your books were based, but I mean, that was kind of the premise of of, uh, you know, what Doug Hall was doing. Can you give us a little little sidebar on Eureka Ranch and and why Eureka Ranch is a thing? Yeah. So, um, 
Yes, and I've done American Inventor. I was the one of the judges on American Inventor and have done other TV shows and all kinds of foolishness. Um, but um, my focus of my entire life has been discovering big ideas, you know, and I just love coming up with wicked cool ideas. So when you see them, you go, oh, my God, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> and I just love to do that. And uh, since I was a kid, I mean, 50 years ago, I invented Merwin's juggling kits and I'm selling juggling kits. Dan, dad, Dan, we've hit a passion here. We we actually got the uh, the uh, the northeaster, and we got a wicked cool on here. Oh, there you <laughs> go, right. there you go, that's there you right. go. Right. I love it. That's right. And no. so, you know, I started doing inventing, and my dad says, "Go be a patent attorney." That would not have worked. That would not have worked. Although I've got a daughter who's wondering, she's great at it, but not me. And so then, you know, corporations forty something years ago. They were desperate for big ideas because they're so mentally constipated. Um, they started hiring <laughs> us. And then NBC, we did two NBC specials and you know TV things. And, and next thing you know, companies from all over the world were coming to help us with us to help them invent not only ideas, but oftentimes systems for how to do the ideas, how to even make them, how to create them, how to ship them. Yeah. And uh and so, you know, I'm an inventor and this is an invention that just kind of got out of control. There you go. On our way to bring a hundred thousand cases of Nova Loaf for Christ's sake. I mean, it, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that. It no, sounds no. like it, 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 it sounds like it's an invention that you got under control. Well, I guess compared to others, yes. But as far as I'm concerned, it feels like we're always, as Andretti says, <laughs> on the edge of under control. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. Well, nice. It, it, it looks like it's going really well. I think the um, I think the whole uh, the the uh, the barrels and billets and and creating your own. I, I think that that's because let's face it, right? Uh, the uh, like the whole barrel picking process has gotten. I, uh, at a hand. That's not the way I want to say it. it's, it's definitely created there's a lot of attention and a lot of people that want to do it. There are a lot of parameters around being able to do it around. I mean, you could go drink, you know, taste the barrels, but then how are you going to distribute it? How are you going to drink it? How are you going to get it out? I mean, there's lots yeah. of lots, lots of gray area or lots of ambiguity, if you will, in the laws that kind of allow people to do things and not do things. Right. And I think there's a lot of people looking the other way for various reasons. So was was this brainchild that is brain brew? What did did that have any like did that stimulate this at all? Or was this something already yeah. in the works? So it really. So what happened is after 18 months, Joe and I. At the North American Bourbon Championship, we won two of three double gold medals. I said, great, we must have been the best. And he's like, no, Sazerac got three. And, and by the way, Sazerac, I love you and hate you. Um, <laughs> because, you know, I ride, we get 97 points in Ultimate Spirits. And I'm like, shit, 97 points, baby. That's like, it. We, we won, we won. Joe says, no, Sazerac got 98 points. But, you know, of course, theirs is a special release that there'll be six of them. Mine's a commercial was, product you can buy. But, I was about to say, in compare, I mean, I don't think you're comparing apples to apples there necessarily. If you look at the full spectrum of, of what's happening. So I just want to I just want to beat them. So so what happened is after we won that and we would had fun putting them together, we said, you know, this is so freaking cool. I bet other people would like it. And so we did it with some people. And then Joe said afterwards, he said, if we ever do that again, I quit. Everybody <laughs> wanted a bottle and it was a nightmare. So then we had to build automated equipment and scanning systems and QR codes and ways to do it so we could fill a bottle in 30 seconds. And, and to make it scalable, we had to invent all those things. That's where the ranch team helped because they helped us invent how to take this simple idea of having your own bourbon and making it something that was scalable and profitable so we could sell it at $45, not $100. You know, sure. Yeah. Hey, Cal, can I can I derail us real quick? I mean, I haven't derailed the shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Doug, so I I am uh, at heart a guitar player. Yeah. And there is nothing more important to guitars than woods, right? 
my favorite guitar company is probably Santa Cruz Guitars out of Santa Cruz, California. Richard Hoover's the CEO. I call him kind of like the woodmaster, right? Yep. So you talk about 70% of the flavor coming from the wood. What what surprised you about about that exploration when you when you went into that and then you know how how that can impact it and how you can kind of like you know you know salt and pepper kind of thing what 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 surprised you the most about your ability to transform the way the bourbon tastes from the wood so so at first i'd gone on all the bourbon tours and only talk about his shiny stills and mash bills and the wood is that last thing when they walk you through and then I went on some tours and I asked him, how important is the wood? And sure enough, the folks at the tours are telling me, oh, it's 70%. Yeah. I'm like, damn, then why aren't we talking about wood? Yeah. Why are we talking about the 30%, not the 70%? Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that has surprised me is the first one, it's the one I already mentioned, air dried. Mm-hmm. I mean, just don't even touch kiln dried wood. Kiln dried wood's worthless. Hmm. Air dried. Hmm. You got to have air dried wood. You got to have air dried, and and that is a real problem. There isn't a barrel shortage because they kiln dry it. There's a massive shortage of air dried wood, and to the point where you can't buy it, and the price is crazy. Um, that has has surprised me. What's also surprised me, I mean, let's put away the cherry and the maple and smoke because they're. You know, there's a group of people to whom they open up the doors and they do some amazing things. And our smoke is not like an Iowa. It's more like an American campfire. And it, it's, it was one of the two that won the double gold. It's, 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 it's people you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. But within Oak, if I just take geeky bourbon lover, yeah, you have not lived until you've tasted Japanese Mizuna Oak. Mm. It is so effing amazing. It is mind blowing, and where it's really the best, which we did, we got a double gold and all that ninety fives and all that crap, is when you put it on wheat. Okay, you put it on wheat, and you know wheat is like the Pinot Noir of whiskey. You know, yeah. and huh. it's that you know the Burgundy and the Pinot Noir. When you do Pinot Noir, awesome. It is like the greatest wine experience on earth. 100%. Okay? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yes. Now, most of it's crap, it, you know. Yes, it's, it's, and it's terrible. Yes, yes. No, no, you you should you it's should not be even just a little bad. It's just horrific. Yes. You know, yeah, you drink you want to take me to the uh, Santa Lucia Highlands and uh, you know, pour me up a good Cabernet-esque Pinot Noir? I mean, you you want to uh, you want to you know, put it in a box and call it uh, Pinot? I'm like, yeah. Who, who, water, who watered the shit down? But, right? but, see, but so when, and, and wheat's the same way. Hmm. When you do wheat, it is it is it's delicate, and and yeah. and if you if you're gentle with it and you do it right, then it creates some magical magical tastes. And and we're gonna in fact do that. Will be our next Dexter. It's gonna be a we call it the Great Grains. It's gonna be a we're gonna do a special series release: a wheat, a, a high wheat bourbon, a rye, and a single malt. And the wheat is finished with Japanese oak, and it is it is stupidly good, stupidly, mm. Good. Mm. stupidly good. Best whiskey I've ever tasted well, in my life. Yeah, cause, yeah. The, I mean, the the oak that the, if you I mean those that have drank a lot of Japanese whiskey, I mean it it probably well not probably I mean it does have a different profile and a different texture and you know there's but I can definitely understand where that you know most people well, I shouldn't say most a lot of people are like oh the you know that the sweetness of wheat just kind of doesn't really do it for me but that Japanese oak that's kind of you know giving it that backbone right that's kind of fortifying what's in there yeah I totally uh, yeah it works. <laughs> Sadly, sadly, I've also done the wheat with um, some cherry wood on it, 200 year in cherry wood on it, which makes it a little bit fatter than than it does. And so while for the geeks, the Japanese is by far better, the commercial product will probably be the cherry wood. By the time we do the pair comparison, I think we'll get slaughtered because, but it's a geekdom thing. So it's going to be a distiller's reserve, a special tiny release that we'll have of our own. And we'll probably have to commercialize the other one. But I mean, and that's the fight that you get to when you get to these high end stuff, do you want the thing that's exquisite for the person who is open-minded and really wants to taste and experience, or do you want to make a business out of it? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Yeah. Well, we all, we all know what what wins in the end, right? I mean, the the uh, somebody wants a return on something, but but it's got to be good. So you know, I mean, what so what, what's that happy medium to get you to? I guess, or, or maybe well, we have question. a rule. We have three rules at our place. One is don't put Doug and Joe in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so which means we don't do anything illegal. Number two is uh, have fun, and number three, make sure your products don't suck. There you, you go. Know, there you only go. sell great whiskey. So, Doug, what, which, which, which wood surprised you the most in your exploration of that? Japanese. Japanese wow. by okay. far. Okay. I okay. never thought, because I'd had so much Japanese on single malt, which, while it's nice, you're not experiencing the full dimensions of it. Wow. Um, I've got it on a 45% wheat that I just did last weekend, um, which is amazing. But when you taste it on the wheat, the straight wheat, I mean, it's exquisite. You really get to taste the wood much more so than you do against those heavier grains. You know, it's like you're, you're missing. It's like French oak on yep. Pinot Noir. Yep. It's very different. Mm. I mean, it's a waste in Cabernet. Mm. You know, not going to get the nuances. Awesome. I love that answer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it, it's good, man. I, I love what you're doing. I can't wait to make it up to Louisville to come see you guys and Cincinnati. Do you have a place in Cincinnati that uh, someone can visit also? Yeah, that's it's at the Eureka Ranch. In fact, it's on the it's part. We got a whole compound there, and it's right on the same grounds as the Eureka Ranch. And we're just east of the city of Cincinnati. And that's where our distillery is. That's where we do all of it. And then this. Is the so past the stadiums, uh, how far past like the Red Stadiums and all that? It's about ten minutes to the east. Okay, all right. I can't believe I made it there, bro. I, I've been up there. I did. I can't believe that uh, swung by for you guys, but and not recently, but uh, yeah, but in in the past. Uh, but it, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. We we can't let you go yet unless you hang up on us. Um, <laughs> love what you're doing uh, with Dexter. I love the uh, I love the transparency that you provide when asked the question. Uh, it, it, lots of uh, lots of things to be for that. I mean, I I think that. Uh, your, your idea of giving people access to having their own barrel pick without yeah. having to go through the barrel or, you know, I guess maybe I'd say a bottle pick, I guess if you wanted to buy the whole barrel, maybe you could, I don't know. There may be regulations yeah. around that, but <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, that's that, that's for the, uh, the legalese to be figured out. Uh, but I, I think it's a really cool idea. I looking forward to seeing how this thing grows and progresses. I don't know that I've looked at a lot that you didn't do that was, uh, that wasn't successful. So I'd say, you know, there's, Probably lots more of uh, of Doug Hall coming coming your way, uh, Doug. So before we get into some fun questions about Doug Hall, I know you uh, Where can we find Dexter and uh, and some of your other products at Noble Oak, etc.? Uh, yeah, the so Noble Oak. The Noble Oak is a double oak. It's finished with um, American oak and Spanish oak, Spanish sherry oak. Um, it's an exquisite product. It's just amazing. And at $35, it's a stupid value. It's just a stupid value. There's also a Noble Oak Rye, which is that 97.1, which where you can, it's, it's, it's in fewer states. If you go to the Noble Oak website, you can find out where it is. Um, it is to die for. And if you find it on the shelf, buy everything you can get. And the problem we've got now, it's become a cult product. And I, I was up in upstate New York and I said, oh, you've got that. Yeah, he says, I just put them up. What are you going to do, buy them all? I go, what do you mean? <laughs> he says, I put six bottles up. Some people come in, they go on their damn phone, and they buy all six. Mm. He says, what is it, you sell these as six packs? <laughs> 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 so, if you can find it, because it's not, it's not even possible to keep it in stock, because it, people, 97 points, people are going crazy. And it, I don't know what it is. And, like and, you're, and you're not trying like to do that, value. right? That's the thing is you're not trying to do that. You're the opposite of what's going on. That's right. I'm trying to make it available to everybody, yeah. but it, it's, it's one of those, it's like my Dexter product. It's supposed to be for, uh, $49. You can find it in stores for much higher than that. I don't set that price. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. But I'm going to just keep fighting for the everyday folks and, and do it that way. So that's available everywhere. Dexter is was a surprise. We put it out last January, year ago, January. It sold out. I did a small batch. It sold out in 50 minutes. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Then we put it out a Father's Day and it sold out in two days. I said, well, I'm not a dummy. This has happened now a couple of times. Let's try this. So we put it out in September and it just 
you know, we put it in New Hampshire, we put it in Minneapolis, we put it in the Southern Ohio, we put it in Kentucky, and freaking everybody did five times what they said they were going to do. Wow. I'm like, oh, crap. That's crazy. And so we're, um, so we're going to expand, but right now we have a blessing in that we've got this franchise business, we've got collaborations with people, and then we've got um, the Dexter business. And so Joe and I have decided that we can't do them all and we don't want to have a huge damn bureaucracy. So we're using a pulse system. So we really worked Dexter last fall and now we're working franchises for the next six months through June. And then we'll go back to Dexter. And so come the fall, we'll go, we'll pick some more States to go into, cool. but we're, we're trying to keep it fun. And, um, and we kind of pulse between the things and, um, so is, is the French, uh, that's not a good way to ask the question. Uh, if, if someone were interested in the franchise business, uh, how, how would they get in touch with you for that? So this is how stupid this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is how don't, ridiculous this Don't is. contact me. No, no. The, the website, bourbonfranchise.com, bourbonfranchise.com. I mean, it was freaking available. <laughs> you know, nobody's doing a bourbon franchise. <laughs> All right, you need you need to yell at your attorneys. You need to yell at your people at your reaper. I, I say I say yell loosely, but it's like, how in the hell is bourbon franchise available? I know it's crazy. So we've got it. So just go to bourbonfranchise.com. And, and by the way, if you don't like us, good luck finding another one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love that. Okay, so you want to see the rest so of the plates here? Yeah, do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. T- I'm on the the thing here, I'm, uh, so I can't. I don't think I know how to. F- I can't flip this around. But uh, what are you? Are you on so, your here, phone? so here's the room. I'm on the computer. Okay. So here's the room. There's uh, there's Michners right there. You can see them across the street. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then uh, if I come out here, you can see. Here's looking down. You can see the bar. Mm-hmm. And, sweet. Uh, you know, and then we got all the classic swag that the world needs. And uh, you can see here it's a bunch of custom bottles. Yeah, those are uh, beautiful. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then this is the experience that you do, and you oh, use these blenders. Light. Yep. He's cool. And this is one ml and a half ml, and you use this to. To taste and then to blend, and we take you through a whole process for doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, when you want, um, if you want, you come to the bar and you just use your phone. And you can see this. That's the drink machine. So you just scan your phone, and uh, it'll pour a drink. So let me see if there's a recipe in here. You, hold on. You have a drink machine that is a blend of bourbons. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so he, he said it was a it was a build a bear of bourbon. Yes. So think of it like Coke freestyle machine. So when I hit a button here, yeah, that's a custom bourbon, and that one has thirty uh, percent American oak, twenty percent cherry wood, forty percent maple, and ten percent smoke. Awesome. Okay. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers, you. Cheers. It kind of tastes like uh, lambs. Huh. That's pretty good. We're not, um, and so, and then here's the machine. And this is the production. There he is. This Jordan. Jordan, nice. what's going on? And of course, we have personalized bats because we're, you know, this is the Louisville Slugger. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, this is the first time anybody's had a live tour like this. So. <laughs> Uh, if this us extra, we're going to need more whiskey. And there's, there's Jerry Thomas's book. So we're featuring that. Oh, yeah. so. Nice. Nice. It's a, actually my favorite bar that I've been to in the world is the Jerry Thomas Project in Rome. And I don't really know if it has yeah, anything post to do with the Jerry yeah, Thomas do, Project. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, if you ever get a chance, I mean, it's a great fucking bar, man. It, it's, cool. it's really awesome. Well, thank you, folks. Uh, I know I can't thank you enough. Uh, we got a couple of, uh, kind of fastball questions for you. You got just sure. a couple more minutes. Yeah. Just a couple. Uh, Cause I've got to run to a meeting across town here. Yep, so. We got it. Yep. Cocktails, paper plane or Sazerac. What was the first one? Paper plane. Uh, paper plane. Oh shit. Yeah. You made it hard for me. You made it really hard. <laughs> I love both of them. I love both of them. And, uh, and, and I'll admit, I use 
I use Dexter in my Sazerac. It's the one where I break down because it it is killer in a Sazerac. And I use our I use Novel Oak Rye in my Paper Plane. Um, but those are two of the great cocktails of all time. They they are among. I mean, they're among my top three, definitely. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, all right, so uh, you got to wrap. So, uh, so I asked this. You, you talked a lot about scotch earlier while my internet was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, floundering around. Uh, but, but this, it, it ain't. It's not an easy question, but it's a very direct question. If I'm a bourbon drinker and I'm drinking Dexter and I like Dexter, and I say, hey, I want to try scotch to kind of figure out if I like scotches. What scotch are you telling me to go buy? Mm. Macallan 12. Macallan 12. Oh, I love it. Cherry Oak Macallan 12. That that was the first whiskey I ever drank. And it is it is without equal. There's nothing else that matches it. And Macallan Cherry Oak 12, not the fine oak, but the Cherry Oak is that. Yeah. And then when you get and then when you get money, you get it. The 18, which is the quintessential. And then when you really get into tasting, then you go for McAllen's uh, little brother, Highland Park 18, hmm. and from Orkney, which is made with clean peat. So it's a sweet peat, so it's not a dirty peat, but it's lecture. And that was been named one of the, the number one spirit in the world three years in a row by Paul Packer. It is exquisite. But you, to get there, you have to have gone through McAllen 12, McAllen 18 to be able to appreciate what Highland Park 18 is. It is by far the, 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 when I went to the North Pole, I did this <laughs> stupid thing as a, uh, as a, got a tenderfoot who had no business doing it. When we got to the top of the earth, that's that answer to the question. What would you have at the end of the earth? I had Highland Park 18. Oh, I love it. I That's awesome. Nice, nice. What, a, what a great answer. Nice. Yeah, Doug Hall, CEO and co-founder of Brain Brew Custom. Go make your own, go drink your own, and it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you for being on with us. We appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you much. Good fun. Cheers, Doug. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.